not just talking about the job opportunities that have been created we're talking about the touch points of value that is created through your entire value chain by your solution so for example if we look at a, an agritech um solution or an agritech company um that is uh you know having a touch point of not only the consumers um but the farmers their suppliers um the the investors um the board the employees there's so many people who are a part of that value chain from the Lucha Podcast Network this is the Mass Startup Podcast The Mass Startup Podcast profiles the most talented creators, impactful entrepreneurs, and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights, learnings, and tactics to help you build the things that you believe in. This podcast is sponsored by Sage Accounting. Sage gives entrepreneurs and small businesses the information, insights, and tools they need to succeed. Sign up for a 30-day trial to start using Sage Accounting in your business using the offer code SAGEMASH. My name is Viola Tudovese. I currently am based in Cape Town, South Africa, and I'm a professional in inclusive impact development and innovation strategy. And I'm incredibly passionate about what I like to believe is this creation and execution of this new renaissance of impact and data-driven businesses, um, as well as equitable and driving equitable economic empowerment. Um, at present, I'm the founder of Inatel, which is an impact design studio uh, driven by designing impact and facilitating shared value through marketing and mill, which is monitoring impact and learning. Um, and we've had the opportunity to be working with organizations like She Equity, which is a gender lens fund that's headquartered in Mauritius. Um, we've also got MBC Africa, which is a, a business development services that's particularly focused in on agribusiness and agriculture um, across West Africa. Um, and the likes of Bright Insights Global as well, which is an innovation firm that's focused on diversity equity and inclusion um, that's currently headquartered in New York. And my work is really all at the intersection of impact, inclusion and innovation. And I also am a moderator, a corporate moderator, and I get to work with incredible um, organizations who are also driving um, work uh, around impact, inclusion, innovation, entrepreneurship, um, and I get the opportunity to design conversations um, that make it clear that, you know, this is the work that's needed. Um, and not only on International Women's Day, but throughout the 
throughout the, the course of the year. Um, and I get to have fun on social media. I love social media. Um, I love the the opportunity of, of networking, but also, you know, just, just learning and sharing experiences and having fun. Um, and I love what I do and I love still in sparkling wine as well <laughs> um, because I am a Cape Townian. Um, but but truly <laughs> but truly through throughout it all, you know, it's because of, of who I am. Um, I am black, I am a woman, I am African. So it, it's kind of innate the work that I'm doing um, to to be driving impact, to be driving um, equity uh, in everything that I'm doing because it's 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 reflected in who I am. Yeah, um, you know that's incredible. First of all, but um, <laughs> how does someone even begin to chart a path like this? What was the background that led to you doing the sort of work that you're doing now? It was a very um, uncharted background even for me um, an uncharted path even for me um, I essentially wanted to do something in media because in, in high school I'd uh, created a newsletter or newspaper uh, with a, a colleague of mine or a fellow student um, and I was like this is definitely what I want to do um, let's do it um, and then I did not do that I had had the opportunity to go to Stadamash University to study politics, philosophy and economics. And then I decided, you know what, what if this is not what I want to do? So let me put this off for a year and then I'll go back, um, which I didn't. What I ended up doing was actually <laughs> um, getting the opportunity to go to uh, Live Magazine, which is now known as Digify Africa. And that's where I had my first opportunity. And before that, I had applied to about 100 opportunities in the form of internships, apprenticeships, whatever kind of ships um, that you get on before you get into the real working world. Um, and I suppose 101 was Digify Africa. Um, and that was a really great opportunity to learn the the writing um, and the in front of the camera work for media. Um, I then moved on to television where I got to be in front of and behind of the camera as a producer's assistant. Um, and then that then led me to uh, the first uh, township hub uh, in Cape Town, which was the Kailicha hub. Um, and then a friend of mine had actually been an entrepreneur and he was housed there and through him I got to meet a lot more other entrepreneurs and that's how I essentially got immersed into this world of entrepreneurship and this world of uh, innovation and understanding how people are creating solutions um, and, and innovating for impact at that and through those engagements um, I ended up working with uh, the the hookup dinner. Um, then when they were partnering with uh, SAB and the Kickstart program. Um, and then fast forward about two years later after that, um, well, actually, I think about a year later, I then ended up at uh, Thomson Reuters, which is uh, a global intelligence and media firm and stayed there for a few years. Um, 
being the first hire for the Africa Innovation Lab, um, which was something that they hadn't done in their 165 year existence. So I got to mesh the love of um, entrepreneurship, um, but also data and intelligence, right? And, and looking at what exactly we can do with data uh, from the lens of creating opportunities, creating impact and partnering uh, for better accelerated and amplified impact. Um, and then I just really wanted to find out more around how do we design impact? Um, so prior to then starting um, Inatel, I joined um, an advisory firm, an impact advisory firm, uh, which really uh, allowed me to look at um, accelerating and designing impact. Um, and fast forward then, I am now here talking with you. <laughs> um, so it, it really, you know, kind of hasn't been a, a straight path. Um, and I, I did a, a, a one-year stint in university um, where I engaged in um brand building practice um and now i'm working with universities so it's it's been you know quite a quite a non-linear uh path um and where you know i think through every touch point um has really just been a really key ingredient um in the composition of of the work that i'm doing yeah and like i think it's always important to go through that journey and like really understand where you know people had um their start and like the things that they learned and the and the and just that journey being charted is so important and i yeah. don't think we speak about it about it enough it's always just like oh here i am right now as a winner but like no one ever speaks about okay what was the journey to go through all of this right like mm -hmm. what are the things that you've sort mm -hmm. of learned um going through especially you know organizations that work with entrepreneurs or um supporting startups and small businesses um what are the some of the things that you've really learned from those organizations and how have they sort of challenged your perceptions around what was happening in entrepreneurship and startups in south africa mm. well i think one from from a personal front working inside such a large organization really taught me about networking right because there were close to 50,000 people globally. And of course you want the attention of the right people. Um, so I think I had one of the most brilliant um, mentors and sponsors inside Anash Carter. Um, and she would take me through every meeting and, you know, if she had, we would go through sometimes even her calendar and say, okay, this is a meeting I'd like to shadow you in and, you know, introduce you to so-and-so. Um, and then this is how you actually craft um, your message, how you speak, you know, they call it high level overview in all of these terms. Um, but, but the con, how you, how you shape um, your conversation, how you approach partnerships and strategically at that, um, how you understand the role that you play um, and essentially having some sort of idea in terms of outcome um, has been so important and something that is uh, very much uh, transferable in, I think, every part of your journey, right? Um, so I think that was important just from a personal um, and upskilling front. Um, and then I think on, on a second front, whenever we're, we're talking about um, just a, a corporate and startup um, 
partnerships and corporate and startup uh, engagements and conversations, I think it's so important to think about, um, you know, what what we all have to offer and what we all have to bring to the table because at times you know the the corporate is the the lion in the felt um and you have you know the the little springbok who who is the the startup and sometimes the the values don't align or even the resources and capital don't align so at times it can be so towering and overwhelming uh for the startup to 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 even know uh why they're having this, this discussion. It could be just this big corporate and we want to work with them. We want to plaster uh, their logo on our website and the excitement, I think, sometimes uh, swallows um, everything um, that they could be bringing to the table and underestimating the value. So I think that that's something um, that is is so important um, in understanding that. And, and, you know, something that I like to call um, the... <laughs> partly inspired by the one of the bigger trends of the pandemic, um, which is the air fryer. Um, and I like to call it the, <laughs> the, the entrepreneurship air fryer. Um, and that is really looking at, you know, what is the innovation priority driven by? Right. Um, and I think if neither have that, then you're going to be entangled um, in all of these conversations and the back and forth of the emails um, and and just conversations that do not have any outcome. Right. Short term or, or even long term. And then I think the second one, which I kind of touched on, but the capital. Right. Um, so looking at what are the resources that can be leveraged? Right. Is it network? Is it investment capital? Is it business expertise? Right. Or is it, you know, you just want their, their name because you believe that having a, a, a MasterCard or having a standard charter um, or having a Yoko or a Sage plastered on your website is going to be something that brings you it elevates your game. Um, so I think definitely looking at um, the capital that can be leveraged. Um, and then I think importantly, the decision drivers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so who are the contributors? Who are the decision makers? Who are the drivers of these entrepreneurship projects? And what is the route to them and their decisions? I cannot tell you, um, you know, how many uh, corporates which I'm now seeing that actually have people who are dedicated to startups because previously, you know, even startups didn't know whether you go to the head of partnerships or do you go to the CTO or do you go to the CIO um, or do you go to the investment team? Who do you go to? Right. So I think definitely it's important that um, both startups and and uh, corporates really identify the innovation priority, um, the capital that can be leveraged, as well as looking at um, the decision drivers and and, and the route to them. So I think for me, um, you know, in, in my engagement, even currently, those are things that sometimes are still quite unclear. Um, and be it from from either the corporate or, or the startup, I think those are, you know, just really rapid exercises um, that you can investigate before you go into those kinds of conversations. Yeah. 
So you've been part of the startup ecosystem for a number of years and like experienced it from different parts of it. So, you know, from a support side as part of, you know, Thompson Reuters or um, from a development and like funding perspective with other organizations as well. What have you seen sort of change and evolve from when you started um, working in the ecosystem versus now? Mm, that's a really interesting question and a good one. And I think, you know, interestingly, I think what I mentioned is that there definitely are um, uh, people who are dedicated inside the corporate to uh, work or to liaise and to network and to find these startups, right? Um, and whether it's internally or whether they uh, are actually outsourcing these to innovation agencies or business development services. Um, so I think that that's definitely, you know, seeing that there is a need for us to actually dedicate someone and dedicate resources um, that'll that will be specific to finding uh, these entrepreneurs. Secondly, I think that there, there, there is this call and and from both founders and funders, right, to be transparent in the workings of uh, transactions, in the workings of relationships and networks, right? Because I think previously uh, there wasn't quite a lot of uh, research papers as there is now, even um, the, through through the boom of Zoom, right? During uh, during the pandemic, a lot of these conversations are being held in terms of who do we hold accountable? How do we hold people accountable? What are the mechanisms um, and and the dynamics that we can employ to ensure that people who are in charge of particular funds do not fund them to the same people or, or things like that. So I think there definitely is uh, this task of wanting to hold um, enablers within the ecosystem accountable um, for the work that they're doing. Um, the third thing that I, that, you know, my bias just really, you know, kind of is smiling about um, is is that a helicopter? Oh, <laughs> I thought you couldn't hear me. I, I can continue. It's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> Could you hear? Okay. I, okay, I'll just pick it up then. <laughs> um, I think the, the 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 third thing that really just kind of pulls at my bias heartstrings um, is the influx of these funds of inclusion, right? Um, whether it is uh, funds which are looking at, um, you know, just driving inclusion within the ecosystem. We're seeing a lot of that not only globally um, and on the continent, but also in South Africa, uh, which is really incredible, right? I think um, the, the Black Lives Matter movement has really uh, been such a critical movement, um, not only socially, but economically as well. Um, and we've seen that influx um, happening and the outpour coming in, not only in the States, um, but throughout uh, Africa, the diaspora as well. Um, and then I think the the, the last bit um, is, is definitely seeing how non-linear as well, um, that the paths of um, 
of founders and I think even funders have been, right? Because you, you're seeing definitely a lot more players coming into the space, coming in from corporate and founding companies um, and just this beautiful uh, pouring into the ecosystem of everyone just wanting to to uh, elevate the standard um, of the role of ecosystem players um, and the role of of um, the South African startup ecosystem across the continent. So I think for me, those are the ones that that really sort of ring um, a little louder um, than others, but it's so lovely, you know, just kind of seeing um, a lot more content um, coming through, whether it's people starting newsletters, um, whether it's people starting podcasts, um, whether it's, you know, uh, hustle challenges or the partnerships through uh, corporate and influences coming through, but you're definitely seeing that uh, there, there's so many stakeholders throughout the value chain um, and slowly but surely we're all coming together and, and working together. Yeah, um, so I think just to focus on the work that you're doing now, um, you know, when you speak about impact and the work that you're doing as an impact design lab, um, what does that actually mean to you? And how does that sort of um, look in terms of work done and like results um, that you guys are trying to drive? Mm, I'm so glad you asked that about what impact is, um, because I think there's so many um, narratives and definitions uh, that are out and some, you know, there's there's some misinformation um, about what it is. But when we're talking about impact, we're not just talking about the job opportunities that have been created. We're talking about the touch points of value that is created through your entire value chain by your solution. So, for example, if we look at a, an agritech um solution or an agri-tech company um, that is, uh, you know, having a touch point of not only the consumers, um, but the farmers, their suppliers, um, the, the investors, um, the board, the employees. There's so many people who are a part of that value chain um, that actually uh, ensure that this value is actualized. And one of uh, our clients that we're working with, she Equity, which which is a, a, this gender lens funds. We're actually releasing um, the the first impact report, um, looking at the impact that they've had um, on their investees, right? And I think um, even though they are investing in women owned and women led businesses across the continent. Um, the impact is a triple bottom line, right? And one that goes beyond just women, but men, communities, organizations, national economies, right? Um, and the continent on its own. I mean, there's billions, billions of dollars um, that's leaking in the African economy by not investing in women. Um, so what we do with she equity um, is essentially design um, and collaborate with them to ensure that you know the impact is defined and not only that but it is monitored it is evaluated there is accountability and through that there's that learning and development which it essentially enables you to learn, to develop, and to scale, right? Because impact design is important because you cannot innovate 
um, what is not measured and thus evaluated for learning development and scale. And I think also when we're looking at it uh, from the lens of corporate, for example, there's this um, talk around creating shared value. But I think that when we're looking at startups or small business to And one of one of these examples, which is one of my favorites whenever I talk about this, is one of um, the, the startups that we're working with, they needed to get some follow on funding. And one of their funders um, was a European DFI and they wanted to know the impact mission right um and wanted to get those numbers and also the narrative around impact and they'd never done an impact report before um so they rushed to us and they were like okay so these guys are looking for this and this and this how do we arrange where do we start this is what we've captured thus far but they say it's not enough so we literally i sat down with them and and designed how they can articulate and communicate the impact, right? And what are, you know, not only just SDGs, but looking at the value chain, for example, right? And looking at um, beyond the consumers, who else is a part of um, receiving the value that they're creating and illustrating that through the numbers, through the stories, um, through the data and the intelligence that they have, right? Because at the end of the day, it is this opportunity to then illustrate what then can be done um, financially, what then can be done from a sustainability and a socioeconomic lens, um, but then also, you know, from a governance perspective. Um, and then uh, I think through that lens, you're able to then communicate this return on investment um, that not only investors, but your customers are looking to, to receive. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the things that I think um, isn't spoken about enough is just around how organizations can sort of build for impact at the very beginning, um, whether that's yeah. startups or small businesses. Um, what yeah. thoughts do you have around, um, you know, when, when someone's starting a business, how should they think about impact mm -hmm. at their founding and how do they integrate it deeply into the purpose and the vision and the mission of the company? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. This is one of my favorite conversations to have because um, impact largely is thought about as something that we do at the end of the year. Um, and it's thought about as something that, you know, it's a, it becomes the scramble for data um, when we need to get funding um, or the scramble for data when we need to upload something on our website. Um, but companies and this big or small organizations, um, non-for-profit and profit organizations can really start thinking about um, these three uh, sort of resources, right? Um, and the first one is really looking at SDGs. Now, the SDGs are known as the Sustainable Development Goals, um, and it's this amalgamation of 17 um goals which were set up by the United Nations uh, General Assembly 
um, which were really intended to uh, create this better and sustainable future uh, for all who live on this earth, right? And one thing about these goals is that they they are interlinked, right? Um, so what SDG five, for example, looks at, which is one of my favorite, looks at gender equity, right, and gender equality. But there's also a, an SDG that looks at no poverty. There's also SDGs that looks at um, you know partnerships for 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 a better future and a better Better, uh, and a better world. There's SDGs that looks at the environment, that some that um, really look at um, industry even as well. Um, so there's a couple of ways that you can uh, so, so look at these 17 SDGs and look at the, the goal of your organization, the goal of your solution, of your business, which are they linked to, right? Because I think once you then start looking at the overarching um, message of your impact, you then are able to tie that into your SDGs. And you can start with one or even two or three SDGs, right? You don't have to uh, target all 17. But I think this gives you an idea of then the second resource, which is GIN, right? And IRIS. Um, and what GIN is, is, is this global network um, of impact investing network. Um, and it's generally with IRIS, it's the, the most generally accepted system for how you can measure and optimize and manage the impact um, that largely not only investors, but I think other key stakeholders in your organization uh, can be used to measure social, environmental, uh, and financial success. So once you know that, okay, so we are looking at three SDGs and one of these SDGs is gender equity. Once you go to um, GIN and IRIS, which is this great, great resource, um, and GIN is is spelled uh, G-double-I-N, not the one that you drink, so that's G-double-I-N. Um, once you go to uh, the GIN website, you're then able to actually get metrics, right? So you're able to get indicators and indices that you can then start looking at and just inputting those things. So looking at things like, um, you know, the, the the amount of people that you hire and whether, you know, they are full-time or, or, or um or part-time, right? Um, so looking at things like the board composition of your of your company, looking at things like um, even the the management composition of your company, right? How many women make up your 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 company? So looking at things like that, those are indicators that you don't have to start from scratch from, because there are organizations like these who have made these resources available to everyone. That you can that you can get your head on, and when we talk about impact, when we talk about um, male, we're talking about this process of applying data and intelligence from a series of business activities to again, at the end of the day, achieve and improve development outcomes. And the systems that you put in place, they assist with company decision-making about um, designing and implementing impact, right? So I like to call it, you know, um, 
meal being this nutrition um, that innovation requires. Um, and one of the resources that I've curated is the theory of impact readiness, right, which is really just looking at a way to rapidly assess um, your business activities. Because once you know what inputs um, and resources that your business has to the activities and the outputs, um, you're able to understand the indicators that you need to change, right? For example, if um, you're running a health tech startup and you recognize that one of the um, inputs is I actually need some volunteers or I need someone, um, you know, to work from a physical space in order to to be able to operate. And one of those activities um, is updating a database or, or, or something like that, right? Um, and then once you actually check those programs and those activities that they're running, you're able to say that, okay, so it takes you five hours to do something like this. Um, why does it take you five hours? What are the indicators? And what is what is telling us um, from this process that it's taking five hours? Why can't it take three hours, right? Uh, so I think once you are able to capture your business activities, it then becomes a little bit easier, right, uh, to be able to monitor and to evaluate. Um, and then at the end of the day, uh, learn and develop and improve um your business and as well as the assumption that you have about the the the, the impact that you're that you're having. So I think those are a couple of things um, and resources that I think are really crucial um, to you at least getting the base of uh, starting right and having the, the the courage to to I think just start understanding um, impact beyond the amount of jobs uh, that you're creating um, but if we were for example to look at uh, you know what what would you call this a um, a coding for women and youth let's call it coding for women and youth right um, if we were to look at the assumption that they're having it's that you know if if it's in, let's say it's an NPC um, that teaches um, and empowers young girls to code, and they also teach them leadership skills. They're based in Rwanda and Sierra Leone in South Africa, um, and to date that they've impacted a hundred thousand young women, um, stretched an impact beyond South Africa, um, and exposing these young girls to also employment. So that's the assumption about of the impact that they have. But what is what are the resources that they need? They need a curriculum. They need volunteers. They need a PC or a couple of them. They need a physical space. There's transport. There's food. So these are all the resources and inputs that they need. We look at the activities, right? They run programs. It's holiday boot camps, um, after-school programs. They have partnerships um, with Blackberries, let's say um, Standard Bank, British Council, um, all of these partnerships that they have. The output, for example, from the, the holiday boot camp, let's say it's to obtain a certificate um, and coding and training so that they can build a website or a game. Now, if we were to look at the indicators of such engagements or such um, business activities, we're trying to answer what are the key triggers that will impact the scale of impact and how they achieve their triple bottom line. And this, you know, it doesn't have to be just positive, um, but it can be negative as well. 
for example, you know, the retention rate of the program, the amount of women um, and girls that are that are in the program. So we'll be looking at things like the qualifications that are obtained, um, the number of websites that are created, the the exposure to quality to um, technology careers. So you're also looking at qualitative as well as quantitative indicators and triggers, um, so that you can then you know be able to establish from a short term, um, medium term, and long term uh, outcome perspective. Where are we actually um, on the spectrum, right? And how can, you know, actually mapping out our impact and through these kinds of exercises, be able to put in systems that can help us conduct these reports, these end of year reports um, that most of the time investors are looking for that are not just financial reports, um, but actually build this bigger narrative of who and what, um, you know, the, the mission and the vision and the objective of the company represents. Yeah. And, you know, when you speak about this, um, it, you can see how it can be built into the company from the very beginning. But how does it look when an organization sort of, you know, has existed for, you know, decades and decades and you guys mm. come in and say, hey, look, you know, there's better ways to do things where you can actually add value to the society and communities that you affect, right? Not oh, so not just the people that you employ, but like way broader impact. Um, what would mm -hmm. you, what have you seen in terms of trends of organizations, you know, that are much, much larger taking on the responsibility to drive impact in, organi in, in, in communities and in the world? Um, what have you seen mm -hmm. from, from that side? So, so I think the the narrative of of impact has been catching on, and it's gotten really different terms over the years. Um, for some, it's been uh, corporate social responsibility. Uh, for others, it's been just PR. Um, and now the term that's catching on is creating shared value, right? Um, and I think what organisations are recognising is that their consumers are also quite intelligent and their consumers care about the work that they're doing, that it's not just about appeasing um, the investors, right? And that's why this concept of creating shared value has become so important because what you're saying is that we care about who gets affected when they touch our product, right? That it's not just about the employees, that it's not just about the consumers, um, but it's also the indirect beneficiaries, right? So um, the organizations who form part of supply chains, which is why now you're seeing, you know, quite a lot of um, uh, companies also becoming signatories of what is called now the UN Global Compact. And this is essentially a signatory of, of global organizations, um, large organizations. To access previous episodes of this podcast, but also again, know, access to other shows on our network, please visit lucha.com. To say that this is the, the, the impact um, that we're going to be focusing on and this is how we'll do it, right? And again, it may be positive or negative, but... The, the, the mechanism of driving and delivering impact has now gone beyond going to a, a previously disadvantaged community, donating a couple of thousands, taking a picture and leaving, right? What you're seeing is that there, there is this integration of a part of a coding organization 
doing that because now what they're doing is that they're seeding from the beginning, right? And they're seeding whether it's future customers uh, or future employees. Um, and I think that's why you're seeing particularly a lot of these financial organizations and institutions doing, you know, these jazz festivals or um, a couple of things that you might think, hmm, this is a bit out of their asset class or out of um, their business activities and organizations. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really about redefining how they engage with their value chain not just their employees, not just their um, investors, not just their consumers, um, but everyone that really touches uh, the point of their product and touches and receives the value, uh, again, positively or negatively of uh, of their value. So I think that's the the, the, the bigger trend that's, that we've been seeing. And a lot of these buzzwords as well being adopted um, buzzwords like impact, buzzwords like value and creating shared value um, and the, the repositioning again of, you know, uh, a corporate social responsibility. Um, there's, there's this emergence of, um, which I think we alluded to earlier, of diversity, uh, equity and inclusion as well. That's baked into um, the, the governance structures of organizations as well. So now impact is not only, you know, a PR stunt to a PR opportunity, um, but really looking at how do we also look at the governance, right? Because you need to start at the people who are making these decisions. Because if there is an inclusion baked into the business or baked into the work that's being done, it definitely affects the decision making and the output at the end of the day, which is why inclusion is so important, right? Because when even when we're looking at technologies like um, uh, uh, artificial intelligence and uh, taking pictures with your phone and the screen, uh, assessing uh, your 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 face, there's a lot of prejudice. Right. Um, and racism that's been baked into those uh, kinds of solutions that have been uh, chastised quite a lot because of the governance structures of the kinds of people who are creating those kinds of products. Um, so it's you're definitely seeing now quite a quite a more inclusive play on impact. Um, but I think also and I'd love to believe that there's definitely a drive on uh, intention behind uh, the investments that are being made. Yeah, and, you know, just to latch on to something that you spoke about, just around the buzzwords <clears throat> being used and just sort of um, people jumping onto them, um, the big one um, around inclusion versus equity, um, can you break down the, the difference between the two and, like, how organizations can be more conscious about this? Yeah. So so inclusion and equity. My goodness. Um, such a brilliant question. So when we when we're talking about inclusion, right, we're talking about um, really providing um, equal access to opportunities, right, for for minority uh, and marginalized people. Um, and, and for that, we're talking not only women, not only black people, we're talking about people living with disabilities. Um, we're talking about people, um, you know, uh, with different sexual orientations. We're talking about a, a variety of, 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 um, groups, uh, that have been, um, 
not given those opportunities because of the way that they, you know, are, are physically look, right? Or the, the visibility um, of what uh, they, they, they are engaging in with other people who have the power, right? Um, and then when we're talking about equity, we, we're talking about the quality of fairness. We're talking about the, the, the quality of impartiality, Right. And I think it, it's become so important um, at how we also are defining um, and, and now even redefining what these means, because uh, in, in, in previous um, accounts, they've all be kind of been just one word or one long term. Right. Um, but I think it's so important to to distinguish that, you know, when you have inclusion, that doesn't mean you have equity, right? Um, and and it's so important that in every you know uh, decision that's being made, that it that it is being reflected. Um, otherwise, there wouldn't be a need for um, you know what they call business resource groups in in large organizations, which is really you know groups for marginalized people, essentially. Um, and you wouldn't need, uh, you know, there to be for something like Black economic empowerment, policies like that, um, or, in the, or even, you know, gender lens funds, right? Uh, that inclusion play is so important because once there's inclusion, there's, there's an opportunity, there's a glimpse to have equity, Right. Uh, because, again, we may all be in, in the part, but um, there's no... Um, there's no clear, crisp um, goal that at the end of the day, we all will actually get the opportunity uh, to receive a portion of what we should, because then there wouldn't be the need for, uh, you know, things like socialism or even capitalism, right? Uh, if we all got a piece of the puzzle um, that we deserve and that we worked for, right? Um, so I think it's 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 so important that we 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 what it actually means and that diversity um, but we are able to say that diversity is this um, equity is this and inclusion is this it, they're, they're cousins um, but but they definitely do fall part of the same family yeah so amazing so if someone wanted to reach out to you and really like want to start to shape what their organization's impact culture is you know i don't even know if that's a, a thing impact culture in the organization <laughs> i love I think, that right because <laughs> i think it's so important um you know it what is. Sort of, what it can is. they do to reach out to you and like what sort of work would you do within um in hotel um to really help them help, help them really understand what that culture can be and also driving mm. it in a much better way Right. Oh, my goodness. I think it's it's so important that, um, you know, we help organizations really figure out what impact means to them um, and, and we take it from there. Um, because once you are able to actually um, redefine and help people redefine what it is, then the whole process itself um, is just such a brilliant um 
opportunity to then take them on, you know, the tools, the techniques, the technologies that we have and we use um, to be able to engage um, in the opportunity for them to create this value and to illustrate this value so that they can actually use it um, as, as, as a case study uh, for how they'll grow and how they'll accelerate and how they'll scale. Um, so, so we also run workshops. Um, we've done workshops for the Master Foundation and um, the University of Cape Town and their graduate school of business. Uh, so we definitely engage um, in, in a much more intimate sense of working one-on-one -on -one with organizations, uh, but also providing uh, curated workshops, um, whether it be for uh, the staff or for um, the programs that they're running. Um, so those are the two verticals right now in which we're playing in, um, as well as working uh, as M&E consultants or monitoring and evaluation consultants um, on a couple of projects that we're working on in, in West Africa. Um, but I think that is how, you know, it is, and that is what's important to us is that we work with you from the beginning, right, in understanding um, your, your impact and design your impact with you. Because once you have that, um, again, like I said, you cannot innovate um, what is not measured Thus, what is, you know, what can be evaluated um, so that you can learn about your business, so that you can develop it. Um, and at the end of the day, which I think what we all want uh, is to scale. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, really appreciate the thinking that you have and just the work that you're doing. I think a lot of people can be really positively impacted by it. So thank you so much. Thank you.